going to look to the Word of God. John chapter 12, and verse 23 through 25. And I, I, again, I give honor to our praise team because that, that song was just so on point right there uh, with, with what I believe that the Lord has for this service, the Word that He has given me. John chapter 12 and verse 23 through 25 says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it say that again, he that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. I want to talk to you about this thought, the paradox of God's purpose, the paradox of God's purpose. Will you put your Bible down and just pray with me for this service? Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, for the power of the Word of God that is able to change a life. Lord, that is able to speak to situations, Lord, that we know not of. God, your Word is able to penetrate the depths of the heart, Lord. It can penetrate past the hardness and stony heart. Lord, it can melt the cold and bitter heart. God, the Word of the Lord is quick and powerful. And we pray, Lord, your Word would prevail in this place, Lord. Let the Holy Ghost minister to every heart and every situation, God. Let the spirit of wisdom and revelation come into this room, Lord, and speak to every life, speak to every heart, and give answers to every situation. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, by the authority of your Word, in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. The paradox of God's purpose. It's an interesting word, but it's so relevant to the word of God and to the ways of God. It means one such a person or situation or action having seemingly contradictory qualities or phases. It's something that does not make sense. It's something that seems to contradict contradict what the purpose, the intended purpose, was meant to do. That word paradox is something we don't use every day in our vocabularies, in our verbiage, but yet it is so relevant to the way God operates. God has always used unique and extraordinary means to bring about his purpose and to bring his purpose to pass in the lives of his people. God always seems to operate in this unorthodox way that defies human logic and defies human reasoning. All throughout the word of God, we can find and see individuals and instances where God would use just an, an unordinary, extraordinary way to bring his purpose to pass in somebody's life. When you read the word and you see a story or a situation and, and it just leaves you scratching your head like, God, why would you do it that way? Why would you go about it in this manner? That's the paradox 
of God's purpose. Indeed, his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We don't always perceive or understand or, or can wrap our human reasoning around the ways that God operates. Sometimes we are left with more questions than answers. To achieve greatness in the kingdom of God, one must become a servant. To receive, one must first give. To live for God, you've got to die to this world. To become, uh, have a kingdom identity, you have to die out to this world's identity. So there's this paradox of giving up in order to receive. It's, it doesn't make sense that to be great, you have to start at the bottom serving, washing feet, serving people, whatever God calls you to do. In our culture, in our day and age, and even in the biblical culture, that didn't make sense. The servants were the lowest of the low. Those that were washing the feet of the guests that came into the door, through the door, were not meant to be great. They were not meant to be kings. They were not meant to be royalty. But Jesus steps on the scene and says, this is how I will operate. If you want to be great, you serve your brother. If you want to have wealth and have gain, give what you have. He, he looked at the rich young ruler when he said, I, how can I obtain eternal life? And he looked at the rich young ruler and said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. That didn't make sense. That was a paradox of God's purpose. And the rich young ruler walked away sad because he knew he didn't have what it took to fulfill that, that requirement from God. There is a paradox that God uses in every situation that defies our human logic and our human reasoning. Indeed, his ways are higher. Romans 11, 33 and 34 says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. And then he says this, For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? We cannot understand how God thinks sometimes. The apostle said his ways are deep. His ways are unsearchable. We don't even know the mind of the Lord. And we can never counsel him. You ever try to counsel God in prayer? I think I have a time or two. And I can imagine what he thinks. Like, son, I am so far ahead of you. I, I am eternally ahead of you. And you're asking me and telling me. Everything we go through has a purpose. Everything we deal with, everything you're going through, without a doubt, there are people in this place that have experienced situations that have left them with more questions than answers. There are individuals here that have experienced pain that only can be felt and understood by others that have walked the same path. There are people in this building that have been through the trials 
by fire. And they've even often asked God, do you even know where I am at? Do you even understand what I'm feeling right now, Lord? There are families in this place, surely, that have dealt with heartbreak and pain and hardship that they thought would never end. There's some here that have been through storms that they felt like would take them out. I'm confident. I am 100% certain that there are people that are hearing this that have been through valleys that they never thought they were going to make it out of. Just the same. I'm sure that there are people in this room right now that are going through a struggle. I'm sure that there are people in this place right now that are dealing with pain and dealing with circumstances that they do not have an answer for. I'm sure that there are people in this place right now that are dealing with a struggle, that are dealing with an addiction, that are dealing with hurt, that are dealing with pain and trauma that we do not understand. I know that there are people in this place right now that are dealing with broken hearts, that are dealing with broken marriages, that are dealing with wounds that they did not cause. I know that there are people in this room that are going through circumstances that we don't understand and pain that we cannot feel because we're not in their shoes. And they have no answer for it. And just the same, I also know that there are people under the sound of my voice that will no doubt go through some junk, that will no doubt go through some pain. It is the fact of life that every one of us must taste and experience suffering and pain that we do not deserve. It is the fact of life that every one of us will go through some type of, of tragedy and some type of darkness, some type of valley. It is without a doubt that every one of us will deal with something. We don't like to think about pain and we don't like to think about hardship. We don't like to think about hurts. We don't like to think about tragedy. But the fact of life is Every man, every human human will deal with it at some point. I've prayed for you this morning. I have prayed for you this morning. I don't know who you are, and I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know what you've been through, and I don't know what you're going to end up going through, but I tell you that I have prayed for you this morning. I have prayed for the pain. I have prayed for the hurt. I have prayed for the confusion. I've prayed for your depression. I've prayed for your anxiety. I've prayed for your addictions. I've prayed for your struggles because I know that if you are breathing, you will deal with some junk. But just as well as I know that God knows. God knows exactly where we are. God knows exactly who you are. God knows your address. God knows your phone number. He knows the number of the hairs on your head. I was reminded as I heard my kids singing this weekend about how God's eye is on the sparrow. I haven't heard that song in years. I hear one of my little ones singing it. 
And I finished the line, how God watches over me. If he watches over the sparrow, then God watches over me. I tell you today, if God can see the sparrow that falls, God knows where you're at. God is watching over you. God is with you. You are not alone in your struggles. You are not alone in your valley. You are not alone in your pain. You are not alone in your suffering. You are not alone in your hurt. You are not alone in your worry. You are not alone in your fears. You are not alone in your struggles. I'm telling you, there's a God who walks beside you. There's a God who looks over your life. There's a God who is reaching down and laying his hand upon you, even if you don't know it, even if you can't feel it. Everything you're going through has a purpose. Everything you've been through has a purpose. Everything that you will go to in the future, I tell you, has a purpose. Talking about the paradox of God's purpose. Weeping endures for a night. Joy. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Joy come telling somebody joy is going to come in the morning. Joy is coming in your morning. Joy is coming through your weeping. Joy is coming in your, your weeping. Joy is coming through your pain. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Joy is coming in the morning. You may not see it, but joy is coming. When it comes to the, the plans and the purposes of God, he loves to leave mankind perplexed by his unorthodox methods. He loves to leave us scratching our head because we don't have the answers. It's a paradox that God would allow a 15-year-old Joseph to be betrayed by his brothers and sold into Egypt to be a slave. It's a paradox that God would send a 15-year-old into slavery for 20 years to bring about his purpose to save people over 20 years into the future. It's a paradox that, that, that Jacob would have to feel that pain of knowing his son or thinking his son had been eaten by wild animals. We don't understand that. We don't understand why God would do that. Jacob never got an answer for that. The Bible does not record God ever explaining to Jacob, Israel, his servant, why he did what he did. God never offered an apology. God never gave him an explanation. It's a paradox. It doesn't make sense. It's backwards. It, it, it just, it defies logic. It's a paradox that God would use a baby named Moses from the same generation of babies that were ordered to be executed and be raised in the household of the same king that ordered their execution to deliver God's people from the same regime that wanted to destroy them. It doesn't make sense. 
It's a paradox. It's a paradox that God would choose to deliver Israel by ordering Moses to lead them to a dead end where they had the Red Sea in front of them and an Egyptian army behind them. It didn't make sense. It was a paradox. It's a paradox that God would choose a scared young man, Gideon, and call him a mighty man of valor. That God would take Gideon, the youngest in his family, of the smallest tribe in Israel, and use him and 300 men to wipe out an innumerable army. It's a paradox. It, it, it de defies logic. God, what are you thinking? What are you doing? This doesn't make sense. It's a paradox that God would choose a young shepherd by the name of David, the youngest and most least likely in his family to be a king. It's a paradox that God would anoint him as king of Israel. It didn't make sense. His daddy didn't even bring him into the house. <clears throat> Is there no more sons? Well, we got one. Tending the sh it didn't make sense. His own dad was like, this don't make sense. This boy? It's a paradox that God would take that same shepherd boy and use him to slay a nine-foot giant. A man of war. It didn't make sense. That's how God operates. God doesn't operate according to our understanding. In the way we think. In the way we perceive things. Stop getting mad and upset with God. When he does it in a way that does not make sense in your mind. Don't let your faith be shaken when God does something contrary to the way you think he should do it. It's a paradox that God would take that shepherd boy and use him to raise up the greatest dynasty Israel had ever seen. Let's take a journey to the New Testament, to a city named Nazareth of the region of Galilee. Is it not a paradox? That God would choose a young girl, Mary, who has never known a man, only engaged to be married, to carry the Christ child? Is that not a paradox that she would give birth to the Savior of the world? Is it not a paradox that the God of glory would leave his heavenly home and allow himself to be born as a man? That he would give himself for the sins of the world? Is it not a paradox that the very appearance of sin overshadowed Mary by the circumstances of her pregnancy? It didn't make sense. According to human logic, she should have been stoned. According to the way man thought, she should have been taken out back and put to death. Joseph even thought to put her away. 
because he was a good man, he was going to do it privately. It's a paradox. She looked like a harlot. She looked like an unfaithful girl. But yet God put a holy thing in her. This thing in you, he said, shall be the holy one of Israel. It's a paradox. It defied all logic. It's a paradox that God of all creation would come as a servant. He could have came as a conquering king. He could have came as, as somebody, a ruler, a mighty wealthy ruler. It is a paradox that God would come as a lowly servant and give himself over to be crucified on a Roman cross for the sins of the world. It doesn't make sense. Hebrews 2 and 9 and 10 tells us, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. In bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation right here perfect through sufferings. God's purpose, the paradox of God's purpose was that he would bring people into glory and be perfected by the sufferings that he was afflicted with. Somebody say it doesn't make sense. The truth here about God's paradox and his purpose through our sufferings is this. First, it's important to understand that if you've been through or you are currently going through or you will eventually go through a trial, it is because God trusts you. It is because God has confidence in your faithfulness. God doesn't just trust anyone with trouble. Let me talk about that. If you've not been through nothing, if you can honestly look at me and say, you know what, life's pretty good. I don't really have any problems. Things are good in my life. If you can honestly look at me and say, I've never really dealt with any hardships. I've never really dealt with tragedy. Everyone in my family's been healthy. God's been good to me. God doesn't trust you with trouble. 
God doesn't trust you with heartache. God doesn't trust you with brokenness. God doesn't trust you with pain. God doesn't trust you with suffering. I'm telling you, if you've been through some junk, it's because God says, I know they're going to come through it. I know I'm going to use them when they get through it. I know God, I know I'm going to do something powerful in their life. I know they're going to tell somebody. I know they're going to talk to somebody. I know they're going to come along some somebody. If you've been through something, it's because God trusts you. God's with you. I'm telling you, he don't send you through the storm just to send you through the storm. God's not morbid. God's not sick. God doesn't take pleasure in pain or suffering. But he honors it. And he anoints it. And he blesses it. And he uses it. If God will bring you to it, maybe you've heard it, he will take you through it. If God brought you to it, if you're in it, God will take you through it. The song we sang, God's going to turn it around. I don't know what you're going through, but God's going to turn it around. Even in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. He's working it in your favor. God's going to turn it around what you've been through, what you're going through. Woo! What is holding in your tomorrow, God's going to take you through it. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and who are called according to his purpose, his purpose. We learned last week on Sunday that pastor was preaching that Jesus wants us to see him in the storm. Jesus wants us to see him in the storm. I receive that. I agree with that. It's important that we know who to set our eyes on when we're in the struggle when we are in the throes, in the heat of the battle, when we are going through the fire and the flood and the trials of life, it is important that we see Jesus. We see him in the storm so that we know that he is with us. But what about when we come from the storm? What about when we get through the storm? Then what? What do we do then? What, what was the purpose the paradox of God's purpose in our pain and in our heartache and in our struggles and in our trials is ultimately this. Are you ready for this great revelation? That his name be glorified in our lives. Everything we go through, every struggle, every trial, every hurt, every pain, every valley, every storm is so that his name is glorified in our life. If his name does not receive the glory, you know what happens when you fail a test? I didn't say it. Somebody said it. 
when we go through the deepest, darkest valleys, the paradox of that is that God's name would be glorified. Why don't you let God glory? Get God glory. Let God get the glory. Excuse me. Let him get the glory. Give God the glory. What are you going through? What have you been through? Give God the glory. You ain't hearing me. If you give God the glory for what you're going through, you won't be sitting by yourself in these chairs. If you give God the glory for the struggles that you face, you won't be here alone. If you give God glory for the sicknesses that he has healed in your life, you won't be here by yourself. If you give God glory for the trauma and the tragedy and the brokenness and the pain that you have went through, you will not be here by yourself. If you give God the glory, if his name is give, getting glory in your life, you will have people following you to the, the church. You will have people following you to the altar. You will have people behind you. I'm telling you, God has put you through it so that you can give him the glory. God has put you through it so that you can reach back and grab somebody else who's going through it and say I know the answer I know the way I know the one I know him who can deliver I know him who can save I know the one who can bring comfort I know the one who can bring peace I know the one who can give healing I know the one that can deliver I know the one that can break the chains. Woo! His name gets the glory. Someone asked you how you made it. Someone asked you how you made it. You give God the glory. Someone asked you how you got this far. Oh, I gotta give glory to the name. I gotta give glory to the name of Jesus. I've gotta give glory. I couldn't have done it on my own. I couldn't have made it this far on my own. I wouldn't be here had it not been for God, had it not been for the grace of God. Come on, somebody's starting to get it. Let's give God praise. Somebody's starting to get it. Come on, let God give you revelation. It may not be the answer you're looking for, but it's the right answer. It may not answer all your questions, but it will give you clarity from the storm and from your hurt. Satan is a liar. And the father of them. Stop listening to the devil. Stop listening to the lying whispers of the enemy that says God is not with you. God wouldn't have put you through it if he loved you. God wouldn't have allowed this if he cared. I rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus Christ by the authority of his word. You bind that lie right now. 
You bring those thoughts captive right now. I'm telling you that there is a purpose for your pain. The enemy would love you to think that God has no purpose for you. The enemy would love for you to think that, that there is no purpose for the things that you've been through. For the hurt and the pain that you've endured. The enemy would love you to believe that. So that God never gets the glory in your life. And so that you live as a victim your whole life. And so that you never walk in victory. When you give God the glory for bringing you through. You can turn from a victim to a victor. God can give you victory. You can walk tall. You can stand taller. You can speak out a little louder. When God calls somebody a nobody from obscurity, when God calls somebody from nowheresville and anoints them to be a voice in their generation, that does not make sense. I, I consider myself a nobody from nowhere. Why in the world would God allow me to preach his word? I have no idea. But God does things that defy our logic. I've literally had people, while I was preaching, say, that young man is not a preacher, and get up and walk out because they knew who I was. I'm not kidding you. I've had people say he is not a man of God and get up and walk right out while I was preaching. Because it defied their logic. I wasn't offended by that. It is what it is. I have thick skin. But it defies human logic. When God would take a Gideon, when God would take a David, when God would take a Moses, aren't you thankful that God is for the underdogs? Aren't you thankful that God is for the underdogs? If you were the last kid ever picked playing dodgeball or kickball or softball, if you were the last kid up against the fence, I'm telling you that God would pick you first. That's the kind of God we serve. I believe God would look past the bigger, the stronger, the better, the more eloquent. I believe he would just right, right, right past them and take the runt and take the, the, the nobody and take, take the down and outer. That's the kind of God, that's the paradox of God's purpose. First Corinthians chapter 26 says this, for you see your calling brethren, how not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the things that are wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty and the base things of the world which are despised the base things which are despised these are the things God has chosen to bring to not the things that are God likes to upset the scales God likes to tip the scales and say watch what I can do 
in verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence. That no flesh should glory in his presence. And put 31 up on the screen. This is what I really like. That it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Let him give God the glory. That's the paradox of God's purpose. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But if we glory, let us give God the glory. Let the name of the Lord get the glory. Yes, there are things. There are things that we can learn from the storm. I have no doubt that God wants to teach us. I have no doubt that God wants to reveal things to us through the suffering, through the pain of life, through the trials. There's no doubt that God wants to stretch us and grow us and shape us into his image by those situations. But ultimately, ultimately, it is when we come through and we have wholeness. And when we come through and we have healing. When we come through and we have sound mind. When we come through and we have peace of mind. When we come through and we, like Job, have more than we ever thought we could have imagined. We have double for our trouble. We come through the process. We come through the pain. We come through those things. We are better. We are stronger. We are more confident. We are more vibrant. We are ready for the purpose of God. Why? Because he has carried us through. He has laid his hand upon us. Have you ever looked back on a situation and thought, how did I make it out of that alive? I'll tell you how. It's because of the Lord. It is because of his grace. As I close, please stand. I want us to think about just a, a few examples here. I want you to wrap your mind around this what you're going through, what you've been through. I hope God has given you an answer. I hope God has given you some peace. I prayed that this morning that God would have given somebody some clarity on the things that they've endured. We don't understand. I don't understand. And I'm sorry that you have went through pain. I have went through pain. I have suffered. I hope I never suffer the things that I've suffered. I hope I never have to deal with some of those things. I, I pray that you never have to deal with some of the things you've gone through ever again. But I also pray that you will use those things to look behind you and find another soul that is suffering, another hurting heart, and say, I know the way. I have an answer. If you just hold on, if you see Jesus in the storm, he'll bring you through it. And when he brings you through it, you give glory to the name of the Lord and people will hear you. People will hear your voice. They will hear what you have to say because there ain't no better teacher than experience. It was not uncommon for Israel to drink wine at their many festivities, to bring that element of mirth and joy into their celebrations. It was also used medicinally to help sick or weak people. <clears throat> Yet if they were to enjoy 
the available benefits of the vintage, they would first have to be crushed. The grapes had to be crushed for other people to be blessed. The grapes had to be crushed for the juice to be pressed so that other people's lives can be made better because of it. Olives in the olive oil played a critical role in the everyday life in biblical times. The oil was used in many ways medicinally. It was used for the skin. It was used for the lamps to light the way. But yet, for them to have the benefits of the oil, those olives had to be ripped off of the branches. They had to be crushed by rocks. They would crush the, oil, the olives with rocks so that they could catch the oil. When the seed was planted into the ground, the seed had to die. The process is tough. The process is hard. The seed had to cease being a seed. It had to cease being who it was so that it could become its intended purpose. Whatever plant that that seed was derived from, it had to die. It had to be buried. It had to be lonely. It had to be in darkness. It had to go through a process to become the intended plant that it was purposed to be. I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know what you've been through, but I know that there is a process that we do not always understand. There are things that we have to go through that do not make sense to us. I know I'm talking to somebody today. You have questions and you wonder the, why you are going through the process, why you have to deal with this, why you have to feel this way. There is a crushing and there is a pressing that is going on in your life, but it's producing something great. It's producing something powerful. Can we lift our hands right now to the Lord and just let him help us in this season that we are in? Let God help you. There is a reason for your season. There's a reason for your struggles. There's a reason for your pain. There is a purpose. It's a paradox. It does not make sense. It, does, it defies your understanding and your logic. It defies human reasoning. Don't try to wrap your mind around it. Just find Jesus. Just find Jesus. Look to the Lord. Look to the Savior. Find the Lord in your struggles. Find the Lord in your struggles. Come on, somebody. This altar is open. I wonder if there's anybody that would look to the Lord in their struggles. Or, or maybe you would ha have God anoint you for the season that you are going into. Whatever you're doing, God is doing it for a purpose. Whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, let God's name be glorified in your life. Come on, somebody, lift your voice to the Lord right now. Grab somebody. If you know